The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Mark. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the way, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, But who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, You are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. Yesterday was very much like it is today. Beautiful weather, a lovely time to be outside in Mill Valley, go to the Arts Festival, enjoy the blessings of the part of the world that we live in, Yesterday, members of this community were out at Horseshoe Cove picking up trash, cleaning up the coastline, joining in with the California Coastal Cleanup, one of the great volunteer efforts every year. Yesterday, I joined about 50 people from a number of churches here in Mill Valley 
down on the plaza at noon. And there, in front of God and in front of the public, we gathered around a basket, brought flowers, and prayed for victims of abuse. These things, at first glance, don't seem to have any relationship to each other whatsoever. Cleaning up the coastline, gathering in the midst of scandal to pray for those who have suffered the most. But in fact, they are related. They're related because, by the world's standards, they are efforts which are futile. Think about it for a moment. People were gathered picking up trash along the coastline yesterday when just a few hundred miles to the west, in the midst of the Pacific, is the great plastic garbage patch in the great Pacific gyre, larger than the state of Texas, which means the trash is just going to keep on coming in and reaching the shore. Think about it. The Roman Catholic Church has been roiled in this abuse scandal now for as long as I've been in public ministry, and the news will keep on coming, just like that trash from the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. So why bother? Why go out there into the midst? Why, if you will, pick up for a moment our contemporary crosses and engage in an effort that is futile. Today's gospel is all about futility. Consider the dialogue between Jesus and Peter. You take Mark as a whole, it's like I say, sort of like Jesus and the Three Stooges, in that no matter what Jesus says, does, or teaches, the disciples are always getting it wrong, and by the way, hitting each other over the head on occasion. It's very human. But this gospel is one of the few times when Peter actually gets it right, but he gets it right only for a verse because no sooner does he declare Jesus is the Messiah, we learn that he has it completely wrong. Because what Peter imagines is the Messiah's job is not even remotely close to what Jesus knows is the Messiah's job. And that becomes evident as soon as Jesus starts talking about what his job description is to go to Jerusalem, to suffer at the hands of the authorities, and be killed. Peter has his own notion about what a Messiah should do, and in fact, it's not even Peter's own notion. It's a notion about what the Messiah should do that's deeply embedded in his own society and culture and his religious tradition. The Messiah is supposed to come and by violence, if necessary, throw out the oppressors, that day the Romans, 
restore the ancient kingdom of Israel, going back to David, and usher in a glorious paradise. That bears absolutely no resemblance to what Jesus is talking about, does it? In fact, what Jesus is talking about is a scandal, something that later authors would pick up in their writings about what's going on when we talk about that central symbol of our faith, the cross, and that central action of our faith. A man who goes to Jerusalem offers himself in futility. Now we can say, we know better than Peter. I would say, in good Midwestern fashion, good luck with that. Because, of course, the truth is we don't. We are still as confused by Jesus' teaching and the cross as we ever have been. No one knows this better than our Roman Catholic sisters and brothers who, as one faithful priest has put it, have moved from anger at the scandal in their institution to rage. Because you see, the Roman Catholic Church, for hundreds and hundreds of years, has proclaimed itself to be centered on the See of Peter. That's what the Diocese of Rome is. And that's where the Pope claims his authority. That notion is rooted in an even more ancient teaching and understanding of the Church that today's Gospel is not about an individual apostle and his rabbi in the first century, that today's gospel is, in fact, the ongoing debate, dialogue, whatever you want to call it, I would call it scandal, between the church, embodied in Peter, and Christ. And that scandal comes out in so many different ways. The fact that we build institutions and build up and marshal bodies of canon law and rules and regulations and ordination procedures and build hierarchies and believe implicitly, if not explicitly, that if we do it just the right way, the kingdom of God will come. Because that is what we do as human beings. We build systems and societies and whole civilizations. Believe that somehow we can hold the violence and death at bay. Jesus' way is a whole scandal to that. Jesus' way is to walk right into the midst of those systems of death and violence and confront them and die to them. A 
futile effort. It seems at first. But one that brings a radical message to a world that so desperately needs to hear it. A reporter from the Archdiocese came up to me after the service yesterday. He was intrigued by the fact that non-Catholic members of the clergy were there. He wanted to know why we were there. And he asked very natural questions. Do you think, he asked me, that all Christians are tarred by the same brush when it comes to the scandal in the Roman Catholic Church. I had opportunity at that point to plug in a tape of 500 years of Protestantism, right? But I couldn't do that. I said, no. I said, we are all part of this scandal. Just this past summer, in Austin, our House of Bishops gathered in a special liturgy to listen to the stories of those who have been abused in the Episcopal Church, to offer an apology, and to continue the work of repentance that is ongoing. The only reason we're tarred by the same brush is because we all have participated in this scandal. We have all been part of the institution that abuses human hearts and lives and dignity. We have all been part of an institution that even in the name of God has perpetrated violence and degradation. We have all been part of the scandal that Jesus identifies in Peter's rebuke today. Scandal to the cross of Christ. Good news yesterday was that all of us left our hallowed institutions and all of the trappings of power and emptied our hands and brought nothing else but a single bloom and gathered vulnerable and open in front of God and everybody to confess what has happened. And at the end of that service, we filled the basket with flowers. It may have amounted to nothing in the world's eyes, except for its ephemeral, its passing beauty as witness, as witness to the cross of Christ. Father Pat, my colleague who's pastor over at Mount Carmel, said, after weeks and weeks of listening to the laity there, to their sense of powerlessness, to their rage, to their upset, that the way forward is to tell the truth. And in fact, he had just received word that the Archdiocese of San Jose has agreed to open up all of its records.
Archdiocese of Oakland and the Archdiocese of San Francisco are considering doing exactly the same thing. Because, he said, until we tell the truth, we cannot move forward together in love. There will be no healing until we pick up our cross and follow after Christ. That is the great irony. But it is the gospel. That in order to begin the journey towards salvation, we have to put down all of the trappings of power and all of the things that identify us as institution in the eyes of the world and embrace with humility the truth, our broken hearts, the pain of our sisters and brothers, our Jerusalem. Just as some of us were on the coastline yesterday picking up so the beaches would be clean for maybe a day, maybe a few hours. Because even though in the eyes of the world that gesture seems futile, it plants a seed of truth and hope about a broken earth that is in profound need as well of truth-telling healing. It begins the work. And all of us, just as much as we have been part of an institution of scandal, have been part of the institution of degradation when it comes to the earth. And to pick up after ourselves and to free the earth from what we have done even a small portion of it, is to begin that gospel work. That gospel work of healing, of taking up our cross and following after Christ, even though we know where he's going, where he leads us. that clean beach, that basket of flowers, even for just a few minutes, is about our hope and our faith. And above all, the love that Christ plants in us. Because our God, Jesus, is revealing to us in today's gospel, does not operate out of the systems of violence that we all inhabit and know so well. Our God does not send abuse upon us. Our God does not send hurricanes upon us. Our God does not condemn us, but rather comes among us to be broken with us, to embrace our pain and suffering, to confront our systems of violence, and even die to them. And in doing so, begin our healing 
our salvation. That's a truth that we embrace even if we don't understand it every Sunday when we come to this table. Because we are to bring empty hands and broken hearts. Those are our crosses to bear. And in that futile gesture, begin to embrace the loving salvation that has been given for us and all the world. Thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from the Episcopal Church of Our Savior, Mill Valley, California. We are a growing community welcoming those seeking to deepen their relationship with God and to journey in faith with God's people through the breaking of bread and in service to others in Christ's name. You may reach us by phone at 415-388-1907, search for us online, or visit our website at OurSaviorMillValley.org. We wish you God's peace. We hope to greet you in person very soon.